Seth SmackDown is here in the house for WWE Homecoming. I'm going to show you just how SmackDown rolls, Cleo. Well, I hear is excuses. I don't want to hear excuses out of you or anybody else. I hate excuses. Where's that killing, be killing instinct I want to see? Where is it, Erica? Where the hell is it? Because from now on, I'm not changing your damn diapers. No, you're on your damn own. So go do something about it. This whole Raw versus SmackDown thing, it's out of control. Let's put an end to it. I'll take five of my best Royal Superstars, put them in the ring against five of your best SmackDown Superstars in a traditional 10-man Survivor Series match. It's gonna be just like the Monday Night Wars, player. You're gonna lose this one, too. You don't mess with Raw, and you never mess with Eric Bischoff. These son of a bitches set us up! They could have quite possibly taken the heart out of our SmackDown leader, Cole! If you want to start something, SmackDown will finish it! Talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody, welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast, the return of Throwback Madness. We're going to do Survivor Series 2005 today, and I'm joined by good friend of the show. It's been a while, we've been trying to work this out for a while, but we have Jason Peralta, Jason Peralta Toys on Instagram. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? It's I'm, finally a pleasure to be on here, man. Embracing the madness. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here, man. I dig, I dig the uh, the enthusiasm. <laughs> Thank you for joining the show, <laughs> doing this. Now, you picked this show specifically. Um, to, I never stopped. Wa- Have you ever stopped watching? Uh, I know 
I know with me, I know I had a, I know I had a gap in stopping watching right from wrestling. I think during the invasion, that's when I stopped. Oh, but then okay. Afterwards, just straight up. Oh, really? So, watch. so you stopped when everybody was still watching because everybody really yeah. stopped in like the o two o three time. Yeah. Yeah, because this show, like. 2005, I never stopped watching personally, but 2005 is something I don't really revisit at all. And I don't know why, because like when you talked about this show, I was like, hmm, I, I know what's on here. I know like Triple H and Flair was on here. I knew Melina and Trish. And yep. uh, of course, the first ever Raw versus SmackDown yep. elimination match. But I was like, hmm, let me go check out the card. And I was like, oh, this might actually be a lot of fun. So uh, I'm glad you picked it. I did have a lot of fun watching it. So... Without further ado, Fink, come give me the rating system, and we could break this down. Hey! The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. Hey! If it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings, then we'll get... Thank you, Howard. All right, so Jason, your your uh, rating for Survivor Series 2005: Jobber, Slobber Knocker, or Showstopper? Uh, altogether, man, you know some of the matches on the on the card were were good. Some of them were one of them was great. Couple couple were meh. Uh, overall, man, I'll probably give it probably a. Probably a mid slobber knocker altogether, okay. honestly. Okay, yeah, because I'm like, I, the world of wrestling's changed. So, uh, like, th- like this time is for me because I don't care. Like, I don't always care about the moves and stuff. I just want to be like entertained and and laugh a little bit and just have a good time. Right. Watch, you have a good time watching, it. and I had a lot of fun actually watching this show. Uh, despite, uh, we'll get into it in, in a minute, but. Uh, I know it's a touchy subject, but the whole Chris Benoit thing, anytime I can see him wrestle is always yeah. a treat. Um, John Cena, a, a very young John Cena at the time was fun. Uh, Bischoff and Uncle Teddy, <laughs> completely yep. ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, even some stuff that I don't even revisit, like the whole Mickey James stalker storyline angle. I did. I really did enjoy watching that back. So uh, I'll give it a Slavonaka as well, but I really did have a good, good time in watching this show. And, Makes me actually want to revisit some older stuff from back from 2005 because that's when a lot of things were changing. Like Batista and Cena, they became the new face of the guard. Um, yep. Triple H took a lot of time. Well, he took off the summer to, recu- to recover. Uh, Edge became a huge heel during that time. So this is a complete... Oh, yeah. oh it's uh, also the Randy Orton legend killer thing. So this is like an, an interesting time. And I'm glad I actually did watch this. And I'm looking forward to actually watching more of this old, old 2005 stuff. So... Yeah. Survivor Series 2005, uh, live from the Joe Lewis, Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. We kicked off, we, well, first of all, uh, Joey Styles on commentary here. I forgot he had a stint on commentary for Raw yeah. for about a year yeah. or so. So we're going to open the show with the United, the first match of the Best of Seven Series for the United States Championship, Booker T with Charmel versus Chris Benoit. So a little back backstory. Chris Benoit and Booker T, they had a, a double fall, which set up this best of seven series. And fun fact, with this whole best of seven series before 2016 with Sheamus and Cesaro, Booker and the U.S. title were involved in the only two best of seven series. So 
Jason, your your thoughts on this opening match for the United States Championship match one of the best of seven series? I thought the I thought the match was pretty good, um, especially for you know Ben Juan Booker. But really, you know, it's uh, I want to say that the match was the, the pace of the match was a little slow, especially for uh, you know for Benoit because I know Benoit he's dude can go, he can he yeah. can move can go and then especially with booker I mean, he was he was very slow over here his pace but um i know it picked up towards like the end uh you saw a lot of the uh the german suplexes the famous benoit german suplexes um and then the end where uh booker t did the uh did the what is that called again the the, uh, kick? the oklahoma roll okay, up okay and then used the foot on the uh, ropes and charmel holding onto him Thought that was a uh, you know clever heel tactic right there to get the win. Uh, yeah, just overall, man, that that the match was the match was good. Uh, I I would probably give that a um, I would probably give that a I'll probably give that a slobber knocker. Yeah, because I I really did enjoy that enjoy that match even though it was slower pace. Uh, but I have a soft spot for Booker T for Booker T. Yeah, yeah. I, I just anytime <laughs> I, I hear his music, I just start I, I start blushing. It's, I love Booker T, but yeah. uh, especially like you talked about with the Charmel holding his foot. This was. It, during his time, I remember when she first came on TV, and I, I believe Booker was like on a losing streak, and she kind of was out there trying to give him his confidence back up and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then eventually, they w- they would end up turning heel. But I really did enjoy this match, like you said, the whole Benoit with the German suplexes. But it's just a, such a shame that the, the wrestler isn't celebrated like I he know. should be because everybody else is a sensitive subject, and nobody really wants to bring him up. Exactly. And now back after the post match, well. But, First, Booker T does win match one of the best of seven series. And uh, I believe Benoit would go on to win the entire series. Yep. All right. After this, is the, this is the famous backstage segment of it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot this was yes. here. The famous Vincent Man dropping an N-word. <laughs> N-word. Yes. No, no, but it was Booker T's the perfect person to react to that. That was epic, man. Because that he can't. Because it happened right after the match, and I, I didn't know it. It was immediately after the match. I thought it was, like, later in the night, but it was immediately after Booker T beat Benoit in the match one. But I, I, I can't stop watching that. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was so – I rewound it, like, five times because it's so funny and how, like, upset and dejected Booker looked, especially because <laughs> he's synonymous with saying it on TV, which makes it even right, more right. perfect. So I really did enjoy that. Yeah, I thought that was that. That was that was that was some comedic stuff right there. I thought that was that was that was pretty funny. Yeah. All right. So then moving on, next match uh, it's the women's championship match. Trish Stratus will well Trish Stratus with Mickey James would defeat Molina with Eminem to retain the women's championship. For me personally, how, how can I put this? Molina wasn't good at this time, but I appreciate the journey she came to actually being better and being the better workers. Throughout the her most of her tenure, mm-hmm. as much as she was bad, she really worked hard out there, and I do say that can say I really did enjoy that match. Yeah, she did. She she did. She put what she could. She did what she could. Definitely. Yeah, and like the whole inclusion of Eminem, I said that's one of those teams I also forget about. Like I love John uh, John Morrison, but I always forget about the whole Eminem tag team and how great they were as an entire unit. And I hit on in my overall review with the whole Mickey James storyline. Mickey James also helping Trish pull the win out in this one. So what's your thoughts on this women's championship match? I thought the women's match was uh 
I thought it was okay. I I enjoyed it too. I thought it was okay. Um, yep, Melina. She's brand. She was brand new to primetime TV at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. She came fresh off from OVW. Um, and uh, yeah, she did what she could, man. At first, it was a first interpromotional match of the night. Yep. Raw versus SmackDown. Um, yeah. Uh, the Eminem coming in, trying to uh, give the uh, snapshot to Trish and getting ejected. That that was pretty cool. Pretty fun moment right there. Um, getting them getting kicked out. And then, um, yeah, man. And then, man, that that ending though, when uh, when Trish Stratus gave that really bad bull. Oh, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, man. That's what kind of threw it down. Um, overall, man, the, the match is it was okay. Uh, probably give that thing honestly a high jobber. <laughs> high jobber for I, I, sure, I think, man. I think that's the first time we ever got a high jobber on on here. That's a high jobber. Yeah, but like I said, uh, like it was. He like, did what even, he could. Yeah, even spots in the match, I think there was a spot where I think Trish hit the Matrix, the Matrix, and mm-hmm. uh, Melina did some stomps, and they didn't look good. But like I said, for her being fresh off OVW and not having a bunch of in ring time on 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 the big on the big shows, I thought she really did hold her own. And yeah, your thoughts on the whole Trish and Mickey thing at this time, man? Um, I don't know, man. Like I know, like. I don't really have much to say about it, man. I just thought like, oh, hey, cool. She's going to, oh, cool. Um, she's there with Trish. Uh, hopefully she's going to be a new tag team, you know, just be by her side, like a manager or whatever. But then like later on throughout, like once the year progressed, I was like, okay, I see where this is going. She's going to get super psychotic, super crazy. And then she's going to eventually turn. And that's what happened following WrestleMania, man. They had a match. I don't know. I, I, I didn't really... I don't really, really care much about it, honestly. Really? Because I, I think that feud, is, it gets, it's not forgotten. I just think that it doesn't get a lot of the shine it deserves. Because yeah. everybody always puts Trish together with Lita. But that whole Trish and Mickey thing, it lasted a long time, like you said. I believe it started in, started, uh, maybe late September, early October. It lasted them all the way to WrestleMania. Well, actually, after yep. WrestleMania. So I yep. really, I really kind of think that's Trish's maybe... Not biggest rival because everybody was going to say it's Lita, but I think that's maybe her most actual interesting story that they have a told with Trish. Yeah. All right. And now next is a match I'm shocked was good. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and if there's a match that you should watch from this show, I, I think that it's this one. So absolutely agree, man. Yeah, Ric Flair. Ric Flair is the Intercontinental Champion this time. He's going to face Triple H in a last man standing match. And 2005, the, the basically. Well, before I start, Evolution. It all came together perfectly because how they were how they debuted. Like if you if you watch that debut promo of Evolution mm-hmm. of him saying Randy Orton's the future, Ric Flair is the legend, and and Batista's also the future as well. Mm. And how they all kind of branched off from Randy in late 2004 to Batista at the top of 2005. So Evolution's officially over at this point. Um Batista would beat Batista would win the Rumble, beat Triple H at WrestleMania, Backlash, and Vengeance inside Hell in a Cell. Hunter's going to take some time off here. And uh, when Hunter's gone, Flair kind of 
re, refines himself, and he ends up winning the Intercontinental title from Carlito at Unforgiven, and Triple H will return at Royal Hum, Homecoming in October to defeat Chris Masters and Carlito in a tag team match, and that's where you get the Triple H heel turn on Flair. Flair then goes on to retain the Intercontinental title in a steel cage match at Taboo Tuesday. So before I start... What are your thoughts on this match? Because I said I was completely shocked at how good this match was. Yeah, man, the match is cool, man. I love that match. Classic old school pro wrestling, right here, dude. Just blood guts, everything, dude. Just the the storytelling on that match, dude. It was it was nuts. It was it was good, man. I loved I loved when um, some of the spots that they did, you know, classic wrestling stuff. You know, Ric Flair working on Triple H's knee. Uh, that huge backdrop off the announce table, yep. mm-hmm. dude. That was a big pop, and Joey Styles go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, I thought that was cool. And then um, another one too was when Ric Flair is grabbing Triple H's balls. <laughs> so good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> grabbing the crown jewels, <laughs> Cla- grabbing that one. Classic flair. And then, um, especially too, Triple H doing everything he could to take Ric Flair down, but he just could not. Ric Flair to keep coming back up. Still wanted to fight, flip Triple H off. Triple H, you know, what, three or four pedigrees yep. and a sledgehammer shot to take him down? Mm-hmm. Hey, that right there, man, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I did, I did too. And within the first five minutes, nobody bleeds like Ric Flair. And I, <laughs> yeah. as much as. As much as the stuff he does bothers me now and irritates me to an extent a little bit, nobody would ever bleed like Ric Flair with the whole blonde hair. And he and when he blades, he really blades. Something that yes. you didn't bring up was the uh, Hunter with this. I believe Hunter had the screwdriver on, mm-hmm. on, on Flair's uh, gush, which was I thought was really good and interesting. Yes. And so I, could, I couldn't believe how physical this match actually got and the limits that they actually went to. And... Fun fact about this match, uh, I know you, I'm, I'm sure you've probably seen the famous meme of like Triple H out of shape at a yes, certain yep. point, and this was yep. it because he was looking very juicy at this at this fitness match. I was like, wow, yeah. this is where it came from. But yeah, I was completely shocked that this was probably my favorite match of the night, and I highly recommend everybody watching this because this actually exceeded yeah. my expectations, and in, in, from what you're saying as well, it completely exceeded yours as well. Absolutely, man. Definitely well, agree with you, dude. Well, while I got you here, uh, there's no surprise that I'm a Triple H mark. I'll, I'll bash him now completely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a Triple H purist, but I will bash him for all the bad he's done. So, and he's also, a, it's like 50-50 when it comes to Triple H. So, what are your thoughts on Triple H? A Triple H? Man, he's, I like Triple H, man. It's, one of the one of the top guys in wrestling, dude. Like, he's old school. He knows. He just he knows, man. He's just a really good wrest. He's a really good pro wrestler. He just knows pro wrestling, man. Um, I like, I like all his contributions he did, especially for especially for WWE. Um, NXT, man, Whew. did a lot for that too. How about um, how about? H. Sorry to cut you off, Jay. Uh, tr- how about? Everybody says that Triple H, he likes, he never really put talent over in very young oh. talent. What are your thoughts on that specific? Because that's a lot of the backlash that he also gets. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I, I hear that too, man. Um, you know, 
I know back in the day when I, when he did all that, I know I was kind of upset. It's like, come <laughs> on, man. Especially with especially with the Sting. Remember that one with uh, WrestleMania, uh, dude? Like everyone's expecting Sting to get his first win in his first match, and I had a lot of backlash with that too. I was honestly kind of upset about that one. But yeah, because that nah, we, man, like we've had you know that back in the day. That. I used to be upset about it, but okay, now cause, whatever. Because we've had a lot of debates about that. Because because Ron's stance is, and I, I have the same stance, so it's not like I'm like Triple H is. Oh my God, Triple H is this, Triple H is that. But me and Ron has the stance of Triple H was arguably third or fourth in the pecking order in the Attitude Era mm, between yep. Rock Austin and you could probably argue the Undertaker, and you may, may, maybe you could even make a valid argument for Mick Foley. Yep. But he never got really to the top and surpass the two top guys. Now, I've always said that from nineteen ninety from late nineteen ninety nine from two thousand was Triple H's best year because Austin oh, was yeah. out and he basically carried the company that entire year. And I don't think he did anything bad in two thousand. He he worked with the Rock numerous times and delivered on every pay per view. His match with the Rock at Backlash two thousand is one is one of my top five favorite matches of all time with the return of Austin and the thing, and then Austin and Rock leave, and they become bigger than the company. And then it's kind of like you always hear about the jealousy of with Triple H that he had towards the Rock and Austin. And those, like I said, those guys got bigger than life. And then 2003 comes around, and he's basically unbeatable in 2003 because after because a few months prior he married Stephanie, yep. and <laughs> he's world champion for almost all all the all the year. But he dropped the ended up dropping the belt to Goldberg. And where I agree with Triple H is overvalued and overrated is, like we talked about Rock and Austin, those guys, they got in and got out. Like, they had, what, five or six years on top. Well, actually, mm-hmm. Austin had, I'll say, from 98, from 97 to 02, and then he got hurt in 2000, late 99. So he had about three years on top. Rock was ascending yep. the entire time. Triple H... From 2003 to 2010, was still in the main event, still wrestling when those guys were gone. And a lot of those title reigns, I feel, are overvalued because he didn't really have to be there. But he never branched out to do other things that the other other others did, and he was just strictly wrestling. And I and I appreciate that. Like you said, he does. Prep said he might be one of the well. It's not even just prep. I think the whole cast can. Agree that he might be one of the greatest wrestling heels of all time. Yep. Because he has that mind for the business. And then he brings us out NXT and the whole burial thing. I've always said, I'll give you Booker T and CM Punk. But the Booker T thing, I'll put an asterisk next to it because Vince never put Booker T over any of his guys. Mm. If you actually sit back and think about it. Undertaker, Rock, uh, never put him over any of his guys at all. So that, that, that's my feeling on Triple H. If anybody says he's overrated, I will completely agree. But that's how I feel about Triple H. But I'm glad that you have a perspective on Triple H as well that's not completely marked in hatred yeah. like most people are. <laughs> All right. So after this, we get the the WWE Championship is on the line. Giant Cena is going to defeat Kurt Angle with Davari as his special personal referee for the WWE Championship. Like, I, like we talked about, again, at the top of the show – 2005, this time a blur for the most part. I forgot they completely blocked, bleeped out the uh, you suck chance at this time. Yeah, that was 
that was funny. I remember when I first seen that, when he first started doing that, man, I remember high school watching that, man. I was LOL. <laughs> really? Cop, I, thought, I thought there was something wrong with my network. I'm like, what the hell's going on? It's like, oh, then they say on commentary uh, that yeah, they uh, really did it too. It was so funny. Yeah. They said on commentary, I, Bischoff blocked out all the, ble- um, you suck chance from mm-hmm. the, from the, from the broadcast, which I thought was actually funny. And for you, yeah. for all you belt fans, this is the last time. Well, during this feud, it's the last time you actually see the undisputed title on TV during yep, this feud. Exactly. Yep. Yep. For you, belt marks. Uh, so, Jason, your thoughts on John Cena versus Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship? Uh, I thought the so the whole match, you know, it was good. Um, it was a good match. Um, I want to say, I want to say it was, it was kind of overbooked. Yeah, there's a lot going on yeah. in there. There was a lot going on. Uh, Cena, of course, at a Cena getting the and angle the fifty fifty chance. That was already the start of Cena getting the Cena sucks the the heart the heel the booze because yep. he's already the top guy in the company at the time. First year as a champ. Um, yeah, I thought the matches the match is cool. It's oh, then it's just overbooked. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was weird how a smackdown referee came on a raw match yeah yeah <laughs> like, and, and they actually, all your raw referees yeah and they said that on commentary weird. too they actually point that yeah. out that that's a smackdown referee he had no business in there yeah it was weird and they called the counted the three was, yeah. it was just weird man yeah but yeah i thought it was completely overbooked myself but i thought it had to be overbooked for what they for the video package kind of showed us because yeah what they were showing was that Angle beat um, Cena, and it was because of Bischoff's bad officiating. Yep. A- and appointing Devari as a special referee is basically guaranteeing Angle can actually win the title. So the fact that all the referees came down and Angle like knocked them all out because he wants Devari to be the referee, yeah, that's yeah. A completely overbooked. But I thought it went hand in hand with the story of I need Devari as my referee. Yep. And I didn't expect that coming into this match because if you watch if you hear John Cena and Kurt Angle, you think it's gonna be a clinic, even though Cena wasn't the worker that he yeah, yeah. would actually develop to be. Those two never really had bad matches. Cause I could like, even before their previous matches before two thousand five, they were all excellent. But I thought it was I, th- I just thought it was perfect book um perfect storytelling with the whole angle taking out every referee and the way Cena won, I thought it was great because you talked about the the, ref, the SmackDown referee Charles Robinson coming down, yep. and Angle would try to knock him out, but then Angle before he goes out to attack get, attack Robinson, he brings in um, Davari into the ring, and Cena hits the DDT yep. on Davari knocking him out, and Cena hits the FU to retain the WWE Championship. Any thoughts on Young John Cena? Did you did you turn on him at this time as well, or no? No. Honestly, man, at the time, dude, I liked John Cena. Yeah, I, I, I was old school. John Cena was dope. He was dope, man. I liked it, man. I liked the I liked the thugonomics of John Cena. I remember when he got drafted to Raw earlier in the year. Yes, dude, I was marking out like I, I crazy. Was too. I was like, oh, I was too. snap, because it was the first one. And, and as I, I, like per, me personally, as a huge Jersey mark, I love yeah. John Cena. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. John Cena <laughs> from a uh, from a young age because. You remember in two thousand three, it was hard to get some of the jerseys he had because they were so expensive when we when we were exactly. younger. But uh, yep. it, yeah, I never actually turned on John Cena. It would take some time for me to turn on John Cena. Like maybe in like 
mean, 2010, like the whole Nexus stuff. Around there, yep. yep. Yeah, that, that's probably when I, I personally stopped, turned on John Cena. Other than that, I never had a problem with John Cena at all. Yeah. But yeah, Cena though, 05, man, he was, man, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. super filthy, man, super dope. Yeah, hottest thing in the company. Even uh, yep. even when, um, when he ended up beating Brad, JBL to win the title, we re- reviewed the match on the show. It wasn't nothing to go home about, but but just a picture of him in the crowd, crowd surfing with the championship in his hand. Yep. It's something I'll always remember. And like I said, like even also his face turn. In, in uh, his face turn to 03. Yes. At the Survivor, Survivor Series. Survivor Series at that time? Yeah, because I actually watched that too. Before I, before we start, before I, uh, we watched we watched this to, re- to review it. And I was like, okay, yeah. this, this was really good. And like, Cena will always be one of my favorites. Like, I turned on him before, but especially now, the body of work, it's a whole newfound appreciation for John Cena to me. Yep. All right. Next, um, a low spot in the show, which completely redi- – <laughs> oh, actually, I think I skipped something. Uh, Edge comes out with Lita, and Ooh. they come out <laughs> to promote Dude. the cutting edge. And, and Lita at this time, my God, gorilla. But um, – Yes. <laughs> and they cut a, a promo on one of the Detroit, the Detroit Tigers DHs. Mm. So any thoughts about this entire segment? Dude, that segment was – Dude, I was I was I was laughing, dude. It was great. <laughs> heel stuff, man. Heel promo, right on the the DH, man. It was it was just hilarious. He was just bagging on everyone, dude. Edge is Edge, man. Top heel, man. Super heel. Yeah, I liked Edge around this time. Yeah, Edge was always one of my favorites. He's actually on my Mount Rushmore personally. Uh, okay, because okay. growing up, I was a huge Hardy Boys mark, and in two thousand. 2000 i was nine years old so i I think this stuff is still real (laughs) so as many like when they would cheat to retain the tag him and christian would cheat to retain the tag titles like i would be legit pissed and they would screw the hardies at the tag titles and then when edge wins king of the ring and becomes face i love him even more because he's actually a good guy and like when he first turned heel in late 2004 and 2005 at this time, and I thought a lot, I thought something else that actually got him even more heat was the realism between the relationship with him and Lita and Matt Hardy, yeah. because everybody Matt Hardy with Matt Hardy and the Hardys they were so and Lita they were so beloved together, and the fact that it was real life that he took Lita from Matt, and I thought that, he, that added to him even bigger, and actually he actually put that into his they made first they put it on TV, but they actually put that into his character mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah really man that was yeah i remember hearing about that too when uh edge having the little affair with lita that was that was nuts man yeah, i remember hearing about that it's like, yeah because yeah, there's actually a raw that lita's cutting a promo in the ring i think against yeah. trish and everybody's screaming uh chanting you screwed matt <laughs> the entire time yeah. when he was talking but edge like i said like and this time, and this is before he actually won the world title, but Edge was on another level at this time. Oh, yeah. And, and Grant, with these wrestlers, is kind of like, get in and get out. But I kind of wanted more out of Edge because he would, I, I think he could have had so much more to offer if he, could, if, uh, he didn't have that neck, neck injury. I know. It's, that was unfortunate, man. Unfortunate. Yeah. So now, going on, well, moving on to... A low point in the show. Um, 
<laughs> that might be overselling it, but uh, <laughs> Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff is going to take on SmackDown General Manager Uncle, Uncle Teddy. And uh, oh, man. my main note was this was awful. <laughs> um, 100. But I've always appreciated Bischoff wearing the karate gi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he had a match <laughs> and, and trying to show off his karate skills when he would wrestle. Uh, the boogeyman interferes on behalf of Uncle Teddy. Hits a pump handle slam on Bischoff, and Te- Uncle Teddy gets the victory. And I just love how Teddy, still he, as beat up and battered as he was, he still was able to do, do his little dance post match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts on this? I want to call it a match, but this Dude, yeah, this part was, of the show. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, yeah, not my favorite. Not my favorite. The only thing that the only thing that made me go. Uh, Got me excited with seeing the boogeyman come here and just giving a pump handle to Bischoff, and that was it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty bad. Not my favorite match. I will give this thing. This is probably worse than a jobber. It's probably like indie wrestling jobber. Right here. <laughs> that, that, that's it was. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. And plus, it went on too long. Yes, for Comple- what completely too like, long. Timestamps were like five thirty. But I didn't even, I didn't even check it, but I thought it was entirely too long. I forgot all about the guy that came down with Teddy. I was like, "Who the hell is this?" And I usually yeah. remember, and I usually remember everything. And I'm like, "Who the hell is this guy?" But this that match was just uh, it, it really it was nothing at all. Um, yeah. I, I'm, it didn't have a place on the card, but it just it just wasn't it was good. Me. Now moving on to the main event. Uh, yes. Survivor Series matches, they're, they're hit or miss for me. So we got Team Raw of Shawn Michaels, Carlito, Chris Masters, and the World Tag Team Champions, came the Big Show at the time, taking on the World Heavyweight Champion, Batista, Bob, um, who's, JBL, uh, JBL, Ray Mysterio, and Randy Orton. Yep. And, <clears throat> all right, so elimination order first. Bob's eliminated first off a chokeslam from Kane from the outside. Kane eliminated, Kane eliminated by Batista off of a 619 in a spine buster. Batista eliminated by a double choke from the tag champs. Uh, before Big Show gets eliminated, there's a spot where uh, JBL hits the clothesline from hell on Big Show, and Big Show gets right back up. And JBL's face was priced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like, what the? It was priceless. And then after that, uh, Orton and Rey Mysterio, they would go on and hit their finishers, and JBL would finish them off with a clothesline from hell and a senton from Rey. And after JBL's eliminated by Carlito with a clothesline from hell, well, JBL eliminates Carlito with a clothesline from hell. Masters eliminates Mysterio. Mysterio eliminated by HBK, and immediately after, JBL's eliminated. And for the third straight year, Randy Orton is, is a sole survivor and defeats Shawn Michaels. Now, Shawn, that performance Shawn Michaels had in the 03 Survivor Series was excellent. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> and, agreed, man. And I haven't seen this match in a long time. So I was a bit let down that it wasn't anything like that because the image that they gave off in that 03 Survivor Series was with, with um, the batter bloody face but by both of them. Uh, Michael's completely exhausted having to take out an entire team by himself. I had high expectations when I saw it was just those two left, but... And I was I was completely let down how this match ended. Orton does end up pinning Michaels with the RKO to win for Team yep. SmackDown. And something that you brought to my attention when we first when you picked this show, 
The Undertaker returns, and that will lead to their Hell in a Cell match at Armageddon the next month. So, yes. and also this is the, this is the third straight year Randy Orton's a Soul Survivor. That will come to an end the next year at Survivor Series 06 in the D- Team DX sweep of Team RKO. So, your thoughts on this entire match? I thought the match. I like the match. Uh, the the booking of the eliminations was. I was fine with the booking with the eliminations. Um, I thought that. Um, I thought for like what the time stamps what twenty five minutes. I thought it was. Uh, I thought the eliminations were a little bit too quick. Yeah. But no, man. Overall, man, I liked it, man. It was fun. And my favorite spot though was when Mysterio got eliminated when he did the springboard. Yes. And freaking HBK sweet chin music them. Yeah. High spot of the match. That's my favorite part of the match, right there, man. I yeah. thought that was that was, that was cool. Yeah, this match because uh, <clears throat> I've learned, I've grown to hate Survivor Series elimination matches. Because <laughs> the best one and my favorite one, other than the whole Team Alliance versus Team WWE, mm. is the one from from uh, Survivor Series sixteen when when the first time they did it. Because I thought that was excellent. The way yes. it was executed was perfect. Mm. Because I I don't like when people when the guys start dropping like flies. Yeah, I don't at all. It, it, it bothers me a lot. Um, and I thought that was that was the case in this match as well. But like I said, I wanted more out of the ending. I thought it was it felt a little flat to me. But it was all to set up the return of the Undertaker, who was actually set on fire in a casket by Randy Orton on the October yeah. episode of SmackDown. Uh, this was also in this match on both teams. This was this was a time where they introduced a lot of new characters, such as Carlito, Chris Masters, uh, Bob, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, also, Randy Orton. Randy Orton became a top guy the year prior. So, yeah. uh, I'll start with your thoughts on Chris Masters at this time because he doesn't really get talked about a lot at all, or even when we have been doing these throwback episodes. I think it's the first time we may have actually seen him. So, you have any thoughts on Chris Masters? Dude, Chris Masters, man, I like them. Chris Masters, I, to me, um, to me, dude, is I want to say he's underrated. He's good. I like him. Um, I thought this was this would he got a he got a DC got a a good run, two thousand five of this year. You know, um, over taking out all these guys on the raw roster, um. Yeah, man, it's um, especially when he came back. What was it, two thousand nine or ten? I believe is when he came back, or mm-hmm. two thousand nine. I believe is when he came back. Something like that. Second year, second stint, dude, man, he came back. You know, he worked himself. You know, just worked. You know, took care of himself personally. Came back, great shape, man. Like he, to me, he was criminally underrated, man. He could have been like intercontinental champ, U.S. champ. Yeah, he even possibly a world champ. Yeah, I was a Chris Masters fan. I liked him. Uh, yeah. He never held any gold in WWE. I'm almost positive yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, never. How about Carlito? Because I I, mm. I I I could never get he he's always he's his him and his family are they're universally loved in the wrestling industry. But yeah. I wasn't a big Carlito guy. He didn't really do it for me. How about you on Carlito? Uh, I thought Carlito for me. I thought Carlito was fine. Um, I know back in the day, you know, I was just kind of irritated with him but you know as soon as you know baby faces and all that as soon as you know more character development later on 
throughout the years. You know, I've grown to appreciate Carlito, man. He's a uh, U.S. champ, U- an Intercontinental champ. He could have been a WWE champ, man, or world champ. Like, he could have reached that level, but, God, they weren't even, I guess he just wasn't up to par with the with the brass up there in the WWE, man, Yeah, to get up to that next level. Because uh, Bruce Pritchard actually did a show on him a while, wow. um, maybe a month or so ago, and uh, Conrad asked him that, and he said he was kind of too into the ladies and, <laughs> and stuff yeah. for the most part, but he never really got there. Like I said, I wasn't a real, a real big Carlito guy, but I did enjoy the whole uh, Carlito's cabana mm-hmm. thing and the whole spit in the face aspect of it uh the next person i'm gonna ask you about is somebody who we we universally despise right now um bob it's not even bobby lash it's just bob it's bob (laughs) (laughs) uh you know bobby lashley man i remember when he first debuted i was um i was very intrigued by i was like oh who's this guy you know i was like oh man he's gonna big dude i like him you know he can hit his speed really quick agile uh super powerhouse you know i like i like them man um but uh you know i know at the time i was like i wanted to see more about his character see him talk you don't really get to hear him talk as much he he couldn't talk he couldn't talk um but i've been like he was he was fine he was cool um I cannot remember how long he was into his wrestling training at the time, maybe before he came up, but I'm not sure. He was, he was, he was, he was fine. Uh, what are your thoughts on what he's doing now? Oh, <laughs> oh man. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know. I just wish Bobby Lashley was doing other things, man. Like, dude, he's an established name now, dude. Yeah, like, I know super established name he could have been up in the main event level by now dude like he could have been challenging we wanted to see him and brock that's what he wanted you know that's what dude he could have been up there yeah. i don't know because when he came there, back dude. before he came back i was vouching huge for him yes because i saw him yeah. i saw what he could do in impact i'm like because first well first run of bobby lashley i liked him he didn't yeah. talk a lot but i did like him yeah but he grew so much, so much while he was gone. And I was telling Pash specifically, like, he can talk now and stuff like yeah. that. He actually got to cut a good promo. And he's actually better in the ring. And then he comes to WWE, comes back to WWE, and it's just like, oh, my God. And now what they're doing with him now, it's just like, my God, like, what? Why? Like, who's exactly, writing this? Exactly, dude. Just wasting them. Yeah. And then, I was like, oh, oh no. And could have been so much better. Yeah, and then we had high hopes with him because they put him with a friend of the show, Leo Rush. Yes, yep. And uh, Leo Rush, he got whatever his situation was with the company earlier yeah, this yeah. year, and they, they split them up. But something with, I was just like, wow, like, th- th- this is what you have? For Bobby Lashley. <laughs> this, is what you, like, this is what you have? And then they're not stopping with it. And I said this last week on the show that – there's an infamous video of De- Stephanie McMahon saying, we listen to the fans. Now, the way everybody interprets it is different from the way I interpreted it. They could listen in different ways. That line, yeah. of, that line and Bob videos on YouTube are the highest rated videos that they post weekly. 
Yep. And that's a that's a way of listening. Like every week, this is the highest weight, highest viewed video. So you must like this. Yeah. And now for the two guys, how about your thoughts on Randy Orton and Batista? Because a lot of people also, like you said, you stopped watching during the popular period in 2001 with the, in, around the Attitude Era and Invasion angle. A lot of people tuned out when Orton and Batista became top guys. So what are your thoughts on those two guys? Man, man, I, man, Batista, man, that was, uh, you know, he was world champ, number two guy, world, and then on SmackDown. Man, I thought those two were, um, no, they were groomed. They were groomed to be, man. Orton was just, man, Orton just bred for it. He was meant to be in the top. Um, uh, yeah, man. They both were, I want to say that both of them were just, they were, uh, they were good. They were good guys, man. They were super top guys. They were, they, you know, they carried company, what, number or Busty was what number two guy, and then or I would say Orton's number three, third mm-hmm. guy behind. Yeah, so you, yeah, so, man, they were they were really good. I liked them, man. They were, you know, they're they're starting to develop even more, establishing yourself even more. Um, I know 06 for sure though. Um, the following year, I know that's when Orton was definitely definitely one of the guys. Yeah. So so basically, you didn't have a problem with the change. You kind of just went along with it. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yep. Because a lot of a lot of wrestling fans, they weren't happy with the changes that went went on, and that's where like a lot of people tuned out. Yeah. So that's it for Survivor Series 2005. So I want to kind of get into some current stuff with you while I have you here. Oh yeah. Um. First, what are your overall thoughts on AEW so far? Oh, AEW man, some fun stuff, man. I'm gonna tell you, it's a uh, it's refreshing to see an alternate yeah you know wrestling on tv it's fun man they're doing they're kicking ass they're doing good um just loving all the uh loving all the chris jericho stuff man he's super reinvented himself the bubbly bubbly of <laughs> that one um dude yeah man aw super it's i love it man love it no. some high high fast-paced matches just everything man this Pro wrestling, so I gotta say, man. Now, also, do you f- are are you strictly AEW on Wednesdays, or are you flipping back and forth? Oh man, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, with me, I gotta watch NXT on Wednesdays. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then the following day on Thursday, then I'll just stream and just watch AEW. Just okay, cool. Yeah, because uh, that's actually a smart way to do it. Um, we had to change our recording date to Thursdays because we were going to talk about AEW. So we couldn't watch AEW one day and watch NXT. Yeah, yeah. So how, how do you feel about... Well, when you watch it... Well, since you watch AEW in its entirety without flipping back and forth, how do you feel about the characters? Are you interested in the characters? Because a lot of... Something we talk about also every week is when you watch Dynamite, you see somebody new almost every week and you might not have seen them on the independence or from another promotion. And it's like, okay, who the hell's this guy? Yeah, and yeah. after the match, you kind of care for him more. And we talk about the match I'll give you specifically is the women's championship match with Rio and uh, Nyla Rose. When that match first started, we were like, oh my God, this is horrible. But then, 
Rio actually won everybody over at the end of that match. And I went to when they came to Philadelphia and she got one of the largest pops of the night. So are you invested in all the characters when they come out at, come out at all? Uh, I know. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I try to, I try to, um, I still got to keep watching more and more just for me to get invested into those, into the characters. But uh, normally, yeah, normally I would, dude, I'm, I'm all for them, but yeah, just some of them, I, I still have to, still gotta get uh, acclimated with those with, the, with, the, with those characters. Is there anybody that you, anybody that you uh, weren't familiar with before AW started that you are really enjoying? Hmm, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> um. Who is out there on AEW that I haven't known of at the time? <sighs> Were you familiar with Private Party or no? Private Party, well, yes, I was. I, no, Private Party was, was, was dope. I was glad that they joined the company. Okay. I, I wasn't um, familiar. I wasn't familiar with them, and I fell in love with them, <laughs> fell in love with them on first sight. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think. I want to say it is. Yeah, man. I I want to say it's I want to say it's Nyla Rose. Okay. I want to say Nyla Rose. Okay. Because uh, I can see her. She can she can be the next. Like she can be a beast in the women's division. She of course she is the beast. Mm-hmm. But she could be a real dominant. She be a dominant world a dominant women's champion down the road, and I can see a lot for her in the in the future how familiar how familiar were you with mjf oh man i remember seeing mjf in one of those grimm's toy show videos <laughs> <laughs> i hate him by the way <laughs> feinstein yes and then yeah and i saw a little bit of the mlw on, on youtube and i just saw oh damn he's doing it big man so and i love him man i love mjf dude is the Dude, he can. He's a real heel. He plays the heel role super well. I'm glad I you like said, him. I'm glad you said that uh, because MJF was was an integral part of one of our like small smaller promotions out here, uh, House mm-hmm. of Hardcore. So we saw him okay. pretty often. And uh, I don't know if I should call him a friend of the show <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, he hates our logo. <laughs> he, he's communicated with that with us numerous times because one time he was walking during one of the conventions mm-hmm. and uh he just sat next to the, our, our table it's just sorry cutting a promo on everybody there uh yeah yeah <laughs> and uh we usually sat, sat front row a lot of the time on those shows and he'll be a ringside managing somebody and uh i'm not well he would have this bit where his his suit will always be wrinkled and yeah. the crowd were always pointing out that his suits wrinkled because it was a part of his whole of his whole shtick. Uh, yeah. Prep even bought them, even bought him and Ace Romero cheesesteaks after one of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I don't know whether I should call him a friend of the show or not, but we know we know <laughs> we know of each other. <laughs> and you talked about I, NXT and what tonight being Takeover War Games. What are you looking forward to tonight at War Games? Oh man, 
Dude, I want to know who's going to be the mystery partner for Team Champa. I am too. There's a lot of rumors going around, dude. You probably heard of them. Uh, I saw Morrison. I'm not sure if, if, if anything else came out, but I have saw Morrison. Mm-hmm, same. Yep. And if, I'm super excited for that, dude. And if, See what's going to happen. And if it is him, that's the perfect place for him to debut because yes. that crowd would erupt for him mm-hmm. better than a Raw SmackDown crowd. Because yeah. they, they won't even remember them. Uh, what are your thoughts on the women's war games match tonight? Dude, man, I think it's gonna I think they might they might do some crazy stuff there, man. I'm actually pretty excited for that one too. First time ever. If it's first time ever, man, you gotta go go big, go hard, man. Yeah, for those, for the women. I'm excited for it. Cause as I've gotten older watching this stuff, I find myself cringing even more. So I, I <laughs> especially with them because they're, they're so much smaller than the men. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff they do, it, it looks like it hurts more. Yeah. So I won't be terrified when I watch this match, but I think Rhea Ripley is really going to shine because we talked, oh, yeah. we talked about it on the show because a lot of us don't really yep. watch the NXT UK stuff, but when she's been since she's been on NXT on a weekly basis since their debut on USA, and even when she was on SmackDown the last month or so, right. a lot of the stuff she's done has actually st- stood out. To me, and right. I'm actually, and I think she's actually going to shine that match. Uh, Ron's a huge fan of Bianca Belair. I'm interested in seeing her, and also you got the the workers in there too. Uh, Candice LeRae's also in there. Also with the um, what's her name the um the, the UK Women's Champion Kylie Ray. Oh she's, yeah, Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. Yeah, she's going to be in yep. there. I'm interested in seeing what she's going to do in that match. But I'm excited for that match a lot. I think like I haven't watched her take over like live or like day of or day after in a while but yeah i might have to catch that tomorrow morning because i I don't think i'm gonna watch it tonight but that's something i'm really interested in and also so what about survivor series then tomorrow night anything catching your eye i want to see i am looking forward to the uh I want to know who's going to represent Team NXT for the 5-on-5-on-5. Five on five on five. That too. I found that strange that nobody's been advertised. No one's there. It was weird. But no, I'm looking forward. Honestly, dude, is for the is AJ, Roderick, and Nakamura. I feel that match is going to be pretty good. I'm glad you said that. If they give them the time. I'm glad you said that. Yes. Thoughts on the new Intercontinental title? I hate it. I like it. it. <laughs> you didn't really like it? I hate it. You don't like it? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I hate it. I, I, I was just like, there's too much going on on the plate. And then a lot of people, well, this one person on a Facebook group, he photoshopped yeah. some stuff. Like I, like, I don't like it. It's a lot going on. But I think if it had some color, I'll I be fine so with it. Yep. It's, it's, yep. it's, it's too plain. Like, there's no color going on. I I can I I can see it too yeah I just I do I like it man it's fresh you know it kind of has that to me it has that it just has that uh that new Japan style like built uh-huh. sort of yeah um but yeah I agree man probably if you had a little bit of color man I think you could pop yeah because uh. We've been in a group text arguing about that since this morning <laughs> I'm like I hate it uh. Prep likes it, and Eric is a belt mark. So uh, yeah, yeah. 
I can't take anything he says seriously about a belt because he'll own it in a month. So I can't really take <laughs> him seriously about that. But uh, I think I think I still got the picture. I'm not sure if you'd be able to see it. Uh, I think it's already up. I think the championships are already up on the shop. It, right it's now, on pre order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is. I'm, I'm not sure how well you'll be able to see this, but that's a Photoshop image. See, yeah. What? Yeah. See. Yeah. Definitely. With just some see, color. Add a color. Yes. Yeah. yeah, if I had some color, I'll be okay with it. And yeah. also, this might be me not accepting change because through my entire life, there have only been three Intercontinental titles. Well, two in a retro. Yeah, it, yeah. So, like the, like the Savage belt, the, um, the mid-90s belt, the oval, and then they brought the vintage one back. So, that, yep. so maybe it's just me not wanting to accept change, but as of now, I just completely hate it. Yeah. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. No worries. What are your thoughts on the uh, the women's triple threat match? Because that's the match I'm looking forward to the most. Because oh, man. With uh, Shayna Baszler, she has grown so much in two years she's been there. And, yes. Yep. Agreed. And like on Raw a few weeks ago, they had a a back, um, a sit-down interview. And when Shayna interrupted and just watching her and Becky just go – to, go, go, just looking at each other's eyes, sitting across from each other, I thought it was badass. And yeah. it got me super excited. And what are your thoughts on the Bailey turn? Because cause we feel it's, we invented that. <laughs> dude, it's it's long overdue, man. It really is. She needed a change. She really needed a change in her character, man. We needed to see more of an aggressive side. We need to see what else she can do. Because I know she can do a lot more. And then... um. Hey man, yeah, this is I I I'm all, I was all for it. Yeah, cuz uh well we well uh before she cut her hair and changed her music and stuff, we were championing for rebellious Bailey. Like we want her to come out with a with a leather jacket and yeah. <laughs> and like say screw you, but she she already said screw you and stuff, but we want her to yep. like completely change and we thought it was perfect for what she did. And even before she actually did all that stuff, she wasn't she wasn't doing anything really wrong, you know? Like, when she hit Becky with the steel chair, she was siding with her best friend. And that's not really yeah. always... That's not deemed as wrong. And then, yeah. then, like, she started doing, like, small stuff, like cheating and stuff like that. And yep. stuff to win. And I, I thought it was, per- like, a perfect character progression to what she's actually become now. Another thing. Thoughts on The Fiend? You, yeah, man. I... I love the feed, man. I'm glad that he's that Bray's finally, finally getting um, finally being that top guy. Um, I love the character, man. It's very, it's, it's very like Slipknot, very like scary, like horror horror movie style. Do I like the character, man? I am not though feeling the red light. Really? Match. Really? Yeah. At first, at first it was cool. But then later on, I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really feeling it. Really? Yeah. I, I know it's supposed to add to the character, but dude, as, I, as, as a power, I don't know, man. As a Power Ranger, Mark, I thought you would love that. <laughs> the Lord Zed? Yeah. When, it, when, when him and Rita were like cast like thunder and turned daylight <laughs> to dark, I thought you would love it. I yeah. loved it because it's kind of like... This dark energy is over the arena. That's why I like it. Yeah. And it's actually different. So it's like, it's, sim- it's, it's only towards him. So yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoy it. I think it adds a lot. And 
I think Daniel Bryan's kind of like the perfect foil for the Fiend, especially being his first few posts winning the championship. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about wrestling-wise, Jason? Oh, man. Oh, I did forgot to mention to you, man, for the Adam, when we were talking about Survivor Series 05. That was the year when Eddie died, man. That was yes. week four. Yes. yes. Imagine, dude. Eddie Guerrero, he already advanced to the Survivor Series for SmackDown. Yes. Imagine had he still been alive, mm-hmm. the complexion of the team. Yeah. We could have seen HBK and Eddie Guerrero the ma- head-to-head, dude. Yeah, because that was actually supposed to be the WrestleMania match, yes. I believe. Yep, that was supposed to be the rumored match for WrestleMania 22. Just the dynamics of those two, we could have seen. You have HBK's what this catch is catch can style, Eddie's technical and high high flying style, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, Imagine I, if that happened at WrestleMania, man. Yeah, that could have been money. And, and I believe that qualifying match that was his last TV match, I believe, <laughs> because I remember because I, I remember because in the video package he was on the apron at Raw Homecoming. Yeah, I, I, I did see I did see him on the apron there, but yeah, I forgot to actually bring that up. I'm glad you actually did. Yep. That was, dude. That would have been that would have been insane, man. Seeing HBK and Eddie though, first time ever. Yeah, oh, and another thing about Eddie is we didn't we only got him versus the top guys maybe once or twice. I know he. Yeah. Won't, I think he won't run. He fought the Rock one on one once. I could be wrong. It's that infamous one they show up from Raw in 02 when yes, Rock yep, was undisputed yep. champion. I know he's fought Triple yep. H twice, to my yep. knowledge, one on one. Yeah, you're right. It, it was uh, in 2000 and in 2004 Four. when the draft night. The, the draft, yep. And you're right. I know he's fought Austin a couple times yeah. on Raw, but just to think that we didn't get him when he got to the top, yeah. we didn't really get him with our top guys for the most part. Yeah. And then with the whole Batista injury a few months later, because if he were yep. relinquished the title, I, th- I believe they said Eddie was supposed to win the, win world, the title. world title. Yep. Yeah, Telling but, you, man. Yeah, I'm had glad he not you, died, man. I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because even even if he hadn't passed, just imagine what I don't. Yeah. I don't know if he would be with WWE now, but how much of a help he would be, like as a yeah. performance center, or, yep. or or even just in wrestling in general, he'll be he would be somewhere helping somebody. Yeah. It's just, it's just a shame, dude. Like, it's a, what, 14 years since he passed away? It just felt like yesterday. Yeah. God, it's, I'm still sad over that. I just remember watching it live, like on USA back then when they announced his death, man. I was, I legit was tearing up, man. That was sad. Yeah, and I remember, like, it was breaking news on ESPN. Yeah. When he passed. I'm like, what? ESPN showing us? And then he passed away. And I was like, wow, really? Because we had just saw him, too. <coughs> yeah. It's kind of like. The, it was crazy, man. It was before the Warrior passed. But same thing with Warrior. We saw him the night before he passed. And it's like, wow. Like, wow I, can't, I can't believe that. But, uh, yeah, every time I see anything Eddie Guerrero now, uh, I, I, have a, I have a softer spot for it. Like, my favorite Eddie's version of Eddie Guerrero was with him with China because the chemistry yep. was through the roof. And they yes. were completely ridiculous and over the top. <laughs> um, I, last year, it was last year, I got his Defining Moments figure. And that's one of my favorite okay. figures in my collection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I wish I had that, man. I got it for a steal, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I, only, I paid 50 bucks for it. That's not bad. That's no, not bad. No, cause, it's not, because after you see, uh, if you eBay it now, it's like probably like oh. 100 
or, or oh, it's up there. Yeah, because I, I know somebody was talking about B. I, I got a, it was Mach too. When yeah, I got it. Uh, but yeah, anything else, Jay? Um, I think I think that's it, man. I think that's it. I'm just. I'm just ready for tonight and tomorrow. <laughs> Super ready, man. Well, uh, Jason, tell everybody where they can find you at. Yeah, so, um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Uh, if you want, if you're fans of Power Rangers, Transformers, or Marvel, follow me at Jason Peralta Toys. And I also have a separate one on Instagram for all things wrestling at Jason Peralta Toys Wrestling. You, you'll be sure to find it out there, man. Um, so all my toy photography and also, too, man, catch up on YouTube. Jason Brian Peralta, man. I all my reviews for everything. Power Rangers, Marvel, Transformers, and wrestling. So check me out. Still waiting for your uh, Wave 3 Lightning Collection review. Still waiting. Oh, yeah, man. Just get this thing up here real quick. Yeah, man. Just freaking, just still waiting for the Dracon, man. Uh, man. Are, were you going to do them all individually, or were you going to plan on doing them together? You know, I was... Um, you know, I've been doing I've been doing all individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you have. Um, I wasn't sure if you want to put them all together or not. Yeah, I know. Um, I know for sure. Probably once Dracon comes through, I'm probably gonna do a probably gonna do a wave three just all together. Did you have the uh, the Morphicon Dracon? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. I still have it it's hanging up there in the wall. Okay, I- I'm debating what I'm gonna do with that thing. <laughs> I'm highly Dude, debated. Man. That's my very first uh, Morphicon figure. So yeah, mine I, so I too. Had to keep it. <laughs> yeah, because well, um, sorry listeners, but uh, Ranger, have you do you follow Ranger Remorph? Yes, okay, that's, so, that's that's my guy too, man. Okay, so I got I bought a, a prop th- a dragon throne off of him. Okay. So uh, I haven't opened it yet. I got it last year. Um, okay. But it, I'm not. Sh- but from what I've seen. The Hasbro Draken doesn't quite fit in the Morphicon throne. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if it's like if, if he did like an exact so- size replica of it. So if it doesn't fit, then it gives me more incentive to keep the Morphicon one. Yeah. To pose it in, and the other one I could just have make a different pose from the comic book or something like that. How um how long how long was the how long was the shipping? How long did he uh, did it ship from yeah, his but, place to you? Oh, maybe two weeks. Okay, yeah, because I, I know I know he's out in Europe. Yeah, it, remember, it didn't Germany? take long. Uh, yeah, I think it's Belgium. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I just took me a while to pick it up because uh, I'm at work till like six o'clock, so I yeah. can't catch my post office. <laughs> so right. it took me a while to pick it up. So I had to send my girlfriend to get it for me one th- that one night last year. Man. There's just there's just too much going on, man. Trust me, toys right now, yeah, dude. Black Friday ringside's coming, and I, I had the guys working on what they need. <laughs> dude, man, did you already pre-order your uh, new elite elite waves? No, I, I try to get those as low as price as I can. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Because like me, Walmart sells them for fifteen eighty eight. So yeah, yeah. If, if I see it in a while and get it, it'll probably more than likely be from Walmart. But right. a lot, but a lot of times, uh, I got a, a toy sh- a toy shop here. Uh, he takes trades, so I'll trade some loose stuff I might not want and put it put it towards something he might have or whatever. But I usually don't really pre order it for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, like Black Friday comes around, we do a bulk order. So even if even if you want something new, we get we it's, we probably spend maybe 
three hundred dollars total between the three of us, me, Eric, and right. Clive. So we get the discount. We get the discounted prices already. Then more mm. more percentage off with the black because of the the ten or twenty percent off, depending on how much you spend. Right. Um, but yeah, like I I recently got the ultimate Brett. Um, I got the Survivor Series Jeff and Foxy. Nice. Um, nice. In the Vince, as we talked about earlier. But yep. yeah. But yeah. Um, Black Friday is coming. And yeah, that's that's what I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting to get my toys there during that time. Yeah, because I have a lot saved on my on my wish list on Amazon. I hope they drop. I'm just keeping an eye out. Yeah, because I what is what is it? I'm I'm still looking for Gargano. Um, because I'm not sure how much is that going to drop on Black Friday because it's twenty still twenty five now. Yeah, and uh, Elite seventy one. I can the only one I would actually want right away is Adam Cole. But yep. I don't think that's dropping in price either because that's still twenty. That's twenty seven actually. Yeah, man. The, freaking the pre orders. Even like Amazon had the pre orders. They sold that quick on. Oh yeah, they, they did. They did it. Super. It's, it's like thirty bucks now. Yeah. Speaking of which, ah, there you go. Looks there good. You go, baby. Looks good. Well, everybody. Well, listeners, that's it for the show. Uh, Jason, thank you again for getting it giving giving your time uh i hope we can do this again because i want to bring this back permanently on a monthly basis so absolutely I, man so i hope we could do this again pretty soon yeah. so for jason peralta i'm alo aaron lloyd we will see you next week hop on the top rope by the land with this elbow got him now put him down right now hit him with the palm handle Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my ball. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.